Welcome to the All Digital AM podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome today. My name is Adam Penn. I'm here to continue the conversation in 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And today I have Ellie Fu from Trump. Hello, Ellie. Welcome. Hi, Adam. Happy New Year. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, it's it's 2021. I know we're we're digging in, and and we talked a couple weeks back. Uh, you've gone through some recent changes. I know wonderful history you've had. You know, working in the industry of, with material science, and then getting into 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And I know you spent a lot of time in aerospace, and so I was very interested when I saw you take over the new role over there. And congratulations over at Trump being the new industry manager over there for aerospace and medical. Like to uh, dig into that a little bit with you and see what you have planned, but also talk about your journey and. AM because I know it's been exciting. Yeah, that's quite a mouthful. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the new role. Um, so I started on the 1st of December um, at Trump. And one of the first questions that they asked me when um, they were interviewing me, it's, it's really funny, actually. They said, if you didn't know, if you were trying to describe Trump to somebody, how would you how would you describe us? And I said, the first thing I would do is make sure I pronounce the F. Right. But, um, <laughs> Hey, so they, you know, yeah, they, they are the number one, I would say, laser technology company in the world. I've known about them for ages. Yeah. In fact, when I worked at TWI in the UK, all we had were Trump lasers. So that's that's how I know the kind of reputation and quality that they had. And um, during my time at uh, Relativity Space, which was my, my previous employer, um, they always impressed me with, you know, their professionalism, their attitude, obviously their laser products are top notch. And then, so I was kind of not, I wasn't really looking. I was kind of like, um, flatlining, I guess. And, you know, I think as humans, we respond to challenges in our lives. You know, it, it kind of sees like what you're made of. Yeah. And, um, uh, I saw this role open and it was, um, like a head of AM for the US. And I thought, that's bit funny I wonder what that is and uh it turned out it was somebody else's role that was vacated but I there was another role that was available which was industry manager and they, they said are, are you interested in this and like I was like the head of AM in US no not really yeah. I am interested in AM but like I, I I didn't think that that was the right role for me mm. and they said well send your resume anyway and we'll take a look and then so Somebody reviewed my resume saying, we don't think you're quite right for this. I'm like, I don't think I'm right for this either, but we've got this other role. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll take a look at that. And it was um, industry manager for aerospace and medical. And like, basically, I, almost all my career I've done aerospace. So I was like, oh, that's pretty easy. Well, I think I can do that. And then the medical part is the challenging part. So I thought, well, I think I'll try it and see how far I get and then take a chance. But yeah, so it just happened really quickly. Um, I, I wasn't really expecting it. It's just it sounded like a really, really good opportunity and a chance to stretch myself and yeah. push myself and see what I'm made of. And then that's kind of what um, they were interested too, you know. So um, hopefully if I can help them improve and get better and then everybody gets better as, as a result of the learning and that's like good synergy. Yes. So I thought that was a, a pretty awesome thing. And it, but it happened really fast. I wasn't really kind of like, ooh, you know, what's out there? But it, it just happened and it was like, you know, serendipity. So um, I'm very happy of I'm in this role. Um it was kind of quiet winding down the end of the year, you know, as I was like getting used to all the people and the names and the software and things like that. And then they all shipped some equipment out to me so I could still continue working from home, which nice. is amazing. I've got this off, new off home office set up where I have two desks. 
So I have the one desk for my personal computer, which I'm talking to you on, and then my my work desk, which is pristine. And um, the amazing thing was I was able to purchase this used office furniture from my previous employer hey, <laughs> for like a fraction of what the What a deal. Cost. Yeah, it yeah. Because when they moved, when Relativity moved into their new building in Long Beach, they wanted like new furniture. And so they sold all the glass desks. I was like, oh, those are pretty nifty. So Beautiful. to get a glass desk for 20 bucks is... <laughs> that's hey, no, that's, that's a great deal. Yeah. And I, are you still in California or did you move for the, for the position? I'm, I'm still in California right now because COVID is peaking, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but I am, um, yeah, trying to make a move to, um, back to my house in Nevada in the next couple of months. So that will, that will be a permanent move for me to a lower cost living area. But, um, you know, what I think COVID has shown us and with so many people working from home is you can be anywhere as long as you've got a good Wi-Fi connection and a phone, you, you know, you're, you're good. You, you can do make everything. It you can do everything. Just have to adjust your, your time zone for where your other people that you're dealing with are in, you know. So I've had to move my circadian rhythms back like three hours because a lot of people in Trump USA are East Coast time time zone based. So a lot of the meetings happen at like 7 a.m. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time difference, man, in Cali to New York. So, yeah, dealing with that. But that's that's typical in our jobs. You know, we deal with everyone around the world and – and uh, no, Trump's a great company, and I know they're they're focused on laser powder bed fusion. Correct? Um, actually, there's also um, what they call LMD, or what the rest of the world calls DED, directed energy right. deposition, or they call laser metal deposition, which is more of the blown powder as opposed to powder bed. So there's both. Both. Um, and there's also the traditional laser processes, cutting, welding, marking drilling, ablation, all that kind of thing. So, you know, for lasers, they've got it covered, whether it's traditional or additive, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know Trump has had a lot of growth in the last year, and I believe in even before it was a 2019 going into 2020, they absorb SPI lasers. Talking about you know lasers, obviously, and uh, that is the big focus over there. So good to see uh, more and more happening on that development there. But I know there's a lot of great things to come, and in both aerospace and medical. Now, now going back, I know you have a, a long history in aerospace, including your time at SpaceX, and that was a very interesting. That was back in 2015. Correct. Yeah, I actually moved from um, Nevada to California to work at SpaceX. I was working at TimeMed before that, so you know, titanium is my background. Yes. I spent eight wonderful years at TimeMed, um, and SpaceX were one of our customers, so I just went there, and that was awesome to actually experience the supply chain from the other side, which right. I had never done. I'd always been like in the the other end of the material supply chain. And so to be, you know, on the OEM side was, was quite different. Um, but it's so amazing that experience and the opportunity at that time, I think I was like around employee number 5,000. Wow. And yeah. I think it's over, well over 7,000, if not more by now. And how you know is on your, um, every time there's a flight, successful flight, you get a mission patch and with your employee number on it. Okay. And then you can see how the employee numbers change with the number of people that join the company. So that was a that was a pretty cool time. Yeah, got to be on a couple of uh, National Geographic videos, which you can find on Netflix. Hey. You, uh, I think actually some of them are on the Disney Channel or Disney Plus now because they have National Geographic. So if you have the Disney Plus app, you can type in Mars and then the National Geographic um, documentaries come up, and I think I'm in. I think I'm in season one, episodes one, two, and six. 
And I, I might be in season two, but I can't remember. And it oh, will wow. just be recycled footage from, from there. Yeah, no, thanks for the detail. I have to check that out. That's really neat. But it's completely unpaid. I didn't get paid for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're making uh, your debut in there. It sounds like that's pretty neat. There's a lot of uh, great uh, stories there on Discovery. So I'm sure it's a really good one. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great history. I know that even going back, you like you were talking about, you have your PhD in material science. You've been working in materials your, your whole career. And that was a lot of your schooling. So what was was it that had you so interested in materials for that that whole uh, you know time that that actually brought you there yeah i mean honestly um i've always been interested in space and like i've been a huge star i saw star wars when i was five there's star wars star trek about star galactica babylon 5 type fan you know yes and the thing that always excited me was space or going to visit other worlds and things like that. And um, so I kind of naturally was drawn to the science aspect. I mean, obviously, I started in science fiction, but I went into science fact. And <laughs> in college, I really didn't know what material science was, or in high school, I should say, I really didn't know what material science was. And it was when I was trying to choose some college classes, someone gave me a brochure for a college in London, and then it said uh, it had a picture of a tennis racket, and a golf club and an aircraft. And then I was like, oh, that's what materials is. Yeah, because things are made out of materials. Yeah, I had no idea. And I, I that's that's kind of, kind of what got me started. So I did, yeah, my, my background is pure material science. Um, in, and I did my master's and PhD at Imperial College in London. And then, uh, yeah, I just stuck with it. And then I ended up um, doing a postdoc in Clemson. And then from yeah, there, I was I, yeah, I was at um, a couple of metals manufacturers at ATI, cool. which back then was called Olvac, and then okay. was in Olvac UK, um, and then back to UK again at TWI, the Welding Institute. And that's where I got really more into understanding the laser side because I was I was never a laser guy um, at that time. So. I really didn't under, I really didn't even know what 3D printing was. When I joined TWI, I actually joined on a, a program that was put in place to help people in the steel industry doing forging. So that was my traditional metalworking background that I, that I always realized, you know. And then slowly what I realized over time, even working at Timet after I got my green card and I came to this country and I eventually got my US passport. Um, but what I did notice is that the number of jobs in traditional forging and metalworking companies, especially in aerospace, was just going down, 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 down. And the number of jobs for additive manufacturing or 3D printing was increasing. And then but the other thing that I noticed was even more interesting is the customers started asking for more and more 3D printed parts or products or input stock for 3D printing. And so I was like, hey, well, I should find out what this stuff is because I think it's interesting. And that's really what became my journey into what 3D printing was. You know, first I learned about the prep process because that's the um, powder metal process that Timet had at that time, which is a little bit different from the gas atomization process. But when I joined SpaceX, that's when I really started to learn a, a little bit more about all of those things. And then understanding how that material supply chain is very similar because yeah, it's go. almost all the same people that make sheets and plates and billet and bar and so on. And it, it comes from the same source anyway. So at the end of the day, you could think of, especially laser powder bed processing, um, but additive processing, metal additive 
is very similar. I would say it's the offspring of casting and welding. So if you understand yep. those very traditional processes, that will stand you in very good stead for understanding or making the leap to 3D printing or AM for metallics, especially. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I know you brought up in there a lot the the supply chain side of it and being on both sides. That's very interesting. A lot of people don't get that multi-perspective of, of what's happening on both sides of the OEM and the supply chain, all the suppliers out there that are doing things. So yeah, I, what was that like on both sides? Yeah. I never was nasty to my suppliers. When I, when I was the customer... <laughs> I was never nasty to, I love my suppliers. Um, what I love about going to, uh, well, working with suppliers and visiting suppliers is everyone's trying. Everyone's trying to get business. Yeah. Some people are better than others. Some people have better quality than others. Some people are just trying to get out of the starting blocks. And so giving them a hard time or berating them or writing them up or disqualifying them and things like that, that doesn't help people. It doesn't help people get better. And so I like to think of it as a customer supplier partnership. I feel like, you know, so this is a lesson for people to learn. Yes, it is. Um, big time. If you, if you take, kind of take that approach instead of an adversarial approach, you'll get a lot better results in the long run. Yeah, that's a large part of the theme that we're talking about with what's been happening in, in jobs and how everyone's going through changes and have to help each other along as things are happening out there because there's a lot going on. And, and it has been a strange climate a lot of, in every which way the last year, obviously. But, um, you know, we've seen a lot of different changes out there. And even on, you know, going from the aerospace side to the, the medical side, my gosh, that was a shining example in 2020 of what could happen, you know, with the PPE out there and even all the swabs and everything that's happening, uh, you know, into in mitigating that supply chain out there. So there's a lot of good things that happen with 3D printing on the medical side. And I did see a lot of stuff start to point, uh, even progress on the point of care out there. There's a lot of great things happening and that's speeding up. Of course, you know, the big overarching theme is, is, uh, you know, the on demand, everything wants to be, you know, the old dream of pushing the button, having it available. Uh, there's a big gap to fill there and a lot of education and reality about what has to happen. But, you know, we're working on that gap as time goes on. And I think that it's, it's become better. At least people are aware of the reality of 3D printing and what it takes to get something done. For the most part, there's a lot more education to be had out there. But so what do you, what do you see coming up? I mean, getting into the medical side of it or some of the things that, that you think uh, you could be focused on and help out on that side? Yeah, I mean, you said a bunch. Uh, the COVID pandemic, um, as horrible as it, it's been, has shown us how 3D printing is what a great tool yeah. for trying to, you know, fight against some of the shortcomings in the supply chain, for people to be entrepreneurial and take risks. And also, um, you know, kids, teenage kids and things like people, young people have been getting involved in trying to help the community by printing face shields and um, you know, swabs and things like yeah. that, you know, nice like, special, honestly, yeah. who, who would have thought I, I shout out to Lindsay at SNL creative for actually making these and Perfect. she's donated That's... over 200 pieces. Just there you go. Good thing to shout them plug, out. Plug, plug Lindsay for a sec. But yeah. you know, that, that is something where, you know, a technology that maybe people, especially on the plastic printing side, doesn't get enough kind of kudos, I guess. Because um, people think that's just for hobbyists or crafts or something. But actually, no, you, you're actually teaching people to use it as a tool to show that it can be used for some positive good and to let people use their imagination to try and do problem solving. 
And I think that that's, um, that's a really amazing thing. On the metallic side, though, um, medical as an industry sector is not going to go away. Because humans, as far as I know, are going to just keep getting older. It's not like we get younger or faster. Darn like it, really? Oh, no, you just ruined my we, whole... <laughs> we, oh, unfortunately, our bodies age and they wear yeah. out and then we need a little help now and then. And so whether you're talking about 3D printing a rib cage or some dental implants or maxillofacial implants or acetabulum cups or, or knees or stents, tools surgical tools or, or anything else. I mean, there's so much scope for things like customization because obviously the human body is not symmetrical left to right. Like I think one of my ears is higher than the other, for example. <laughs> and so that translates. You're lopsided too. Yeah, our, our legs and arms are not the same length. You know, like if you yeah. put your arms out like this, one's longer than the other. So we're not symmetrical. And so, and neither is one person from another person. Everybody's completely unique. That's that patient-specific so side like, of it. Yeah, like 3D printing, um, you know, you've got the software tools to cope with, you know, kind of um, customization, tailoring parts to the individual patient, and then doing things like point of care printing, that's uh, putting the power back into the hands of people doing surgeries and and doing those treatments and so forth. So that is another amazing industry sector, which I think we're going to start hearing more and more of in the 3D printing world, um, touching at least, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of great things that happen in medical. I know the first couple applications that I got into were more of mimicking the bone tissue, you know, the osteointegration that goes on with the bones and how you could mimic that kind of a structure inside of a 3D print. Uh, that's something that can grow back into the body, very uh, acceptable for like a, you know, a, a hip or, or any any kind of implant that you're used to that you can't have that kind of growth. You could you could actually do a lot better with 3D printing. So that's exciting. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening in that. And the other thing I did see a lot of great, you know, you, when you're looking at structures, you're talking about bone structures and there was a trabecular structures that you, you get into for that integration. So there's a lot of different things that we could achieve with a 3D print going layer by layer with such precision, especially in metal we're talking about, uh, that that uh, can't be achieved in some of the uh, other processes. So it makes it uh, really you know mind-opening and it improves human lives. Like you're saying, that's the bottom line in the health industry is proving improving people's lives. And, you know, this technology can do that. So it's exciting to find out, you know, what new ways can be actually rolled out into our industry. So uh, looking forward to all that and see more of what's happening at Trump over the next, you know, few years, especially. It's going to be exciting to see what you can do over there. So I know, you know, we're talking a bit about uh, job market, too. And, and there's a lot of hope going on. We're we had a few other things that we talked about coming over, like um, technical, you know, and not technical, but overcoming career difficulties. And uh, this last year has been tough for a lot of people. And I know we talked a little bit about the beginning. You know, wh- what kind of hope can you give to people out there that are looking now and, and trying to find their next fit and things out there? Uh, uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, believe it or not, over the summer, I've had so many people reach out to me for either career advice, um, how to write a resume, how to do an application. Obviously, um, when I was a Relativity Space employee, Relativity were hiring and still are during the time of COVID. And lots of people were very surprised to hit that. Um, So just go to the website and apply. But it's not only just applying. You know, a lot of people, I, I understand there was a lot of desperation and and that kind of thing and it's tough like not gonna lie um it's but it's tough for everybody and so uh, lots of people and it's nothing it's nothing to do with performance or anything lots of companies 
industries are under tremendous strain. And so the easiest way that they um, clear some costs is just to cut headcount. And that's, I mean, I, I, that's happened to me as well at, at other companies. So it's, it's, it's no shame if it happens. Obviously, when it happens, you're full of despair, you know, because you think, oh, why did this happen to me? But actually, that's the time that if you try and turn it around and rephrase yourself and say, what can I make out of this time where I'm searching? And um, I was really struck by something that Laura Ely from the Barnes Group um, yeah. Global Advisors said over the summer was that she wanted to be more intentional. And actually, that's also a phrase that Tim Tim Ellis from Relativity uses um, a lot. And that's been one of Relativity Space's guiding principles is to be very intentional. And so um, rather than what my advice would be for the job seeking community is rather than do a scattergun approach where you just pepper employers with your resume and you don't really put a lot of thought into it is to step back. Whoa. Put some thought into it. Think about where you want. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but where you really want to be in a year's time, in two years time, in five years time and what your eventual goals are and then work to get there and then look at the opportunity as a means to achieve your goals. I think you're going to have a lot more success if you approach things you know, intentionally and then you say, "Okay, I'm going to look at this opportunity as a way for me to learn or for me to accomplish something or for me to help an employer get somewhere or achieve something or maybe there's an industry that you've never entered into or some other kind of goal or maybe it's a process that you want to learn about or 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 whatever it is if you have that kind of thing in mind I think that's going to help a lot more and help you focus your way down into actually um, turning some of those applications into actual offers and then you know when you're actually in the job you're going to have a much better time of it instead of saying oh why why the hell did I apply for this what am I doing here you know you should really understand what you're doing at an employer you know you're trying to help them at the same time they're helping you so, I mean, everyone needs to get paid because we all need to pay the bills. Oh, yeah. There's no, no doubt about that. But you should make the most of your time while you're there. And I think whether it's in AM or traditional manufacturing or it's, you know, hybrid, maybe uh, or maybe something like project management that you want to learn or something more about export control or any of those kind of things or how do rocket ships work? Yeah. You know, how, how does a plane fly? Like if you want to know what those things are, or if you're into, you know, I'm really into sports, how can I do sports science or sports medicine or that kind of thing? And how does 3D printing play, play a part in all of those things, which you may not be able to join the dots at this time, but you may have an idea of it in the future. If you if you take a step back and then look at yourself really critically and then say, I'm going to intentionally do this, that, and that, and then you'll get to your eventual goal. I think that you're going to have a much better time at your new employer, and then they will also appreciate what you have to bring. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I know, uh, you know, over this last year, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, including, you know, myself uh, back in April, you know, going through a job change and everything that was happening at the time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening where people are, were depressed, you know, going through things, looking at it like, oh no, what's next? But it was a time also to reflect on self of like you're, you're talking about, you have a PhD, but you're still doing continual learning, you know, 
And that's a, that's a big part of it going out there in the network, but also, you know, what, what can I do next to make myself more value, but, but also learn from me, you know, that'll help me kind of get through my next stage and also be, uh, you know, uh, forever teachable. I know I actually noticed you took some courses uh, from MIT, right? In 2020. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the early part of the pandemic, I um, I was reporting to Jordan Noon at the time at Relativity, yeah. and I asked Jordan, hey, can I do this class from MITx Pro? Because I had such a great time with them doing the additive manufacturing um, class, which is no joke. I got to I got to yeah. tell you now, it's no joke. There's actual homework that you have to submit on time. Right, on time, so yeah, big point. That, yeah, that's yeah. a great class by by just by the way. If anyone hasn't taken it and they're thinking of um, quick deep dive it's, not really quick. Yeah. it's, it's 12 weeks yeah. of intense work but it is a very very good uh sort of certificate for working people in the industry if you don't want to go back and do another bachelor's degree why would you you can get this kind of vo- vocational certificate and it, it's, it gives you a really good base for how to approach different things in in 3d printing honestly um but they had another class which was for engineers uh, scientists and researchers, which is on leadership. Hmm. And so I took that class um, and I got a lot out of it. The homework wasn't as intense as the additive manufacturing class, but it was still <laughs> intense in that it taught you um, different methods of how to be a leader. Even if your name or your tie job title is not manager hmm. or you are not managing people, you can still be a leader. And so how to be a leader in your field or things that you're interested in, or even at home or in your community, you know, you can still do that. And that was very eye-opening. And so I think that's another thing that I've learned during the time of COVID is, oh, you know, everyone say, oh, 2020 has been one of the worst years of my life. And yeah, for lots of people, it certainly has. But for, you know, the lucky ones, uh, if you haven't been infected or had had some terrible things happen to you, you know, now's the time that you can knuckle down and look at yourself and say, what can I do to improve myself? Whether it's, you know, trying to get better sleep or eat better or learning a new skill, learning, to, even learning to cook. You know, some people don't know how to cook. And that, yeah. that's no, a really I've, good I've actually life learned skill. how to cook more over the last, you know, nine yeah, months. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. uh, doing these short classes to just to help yourself, put yourself in a different frame of mind or how to approach your working life or your home life or your work life balance. Yeah. That's also really important. So the mental health aspects. So all these things are little clues or tools that you can do to make yourself a better person. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, whether you're an engineer or a scientist or even if you're an accountant or a legal person, you can still do something to make yourself a better person. Right. It's a continual education. And I think that was a big overarching topic I've seen too in the, in the last uh, year is the amount of, uh, you know, security. Everybody wants to feel secure with what's going on in many ways with IP, with, you know, sharing information, with uh, being out there with an open camera. There's so many things that people want to feel secure about. The other side of that and goes right along with it is the education. You know, there's a lot of things to educate inside of the 3D printing industry and additive manufacturing, but you know, there's a, a lot of youngsters coming up with the new education also that are coming into the field. So you would, we want to pull as many of those people in as we can. So uh, just trying to be really um, aware of both, um, you know, the people you're working with and the people you see in the industry, but also the people that are, you know, the next gen, there's a lot of uh, great stuff coming up with uh, schooling and, and educational curriculum for programs out there. 
there. I know, um, you know, women in 3D printing are doing some great things with the curriculum coming up for youth. And I also have a type conference uh, coming up at the end of January. I know you're a part of that, right? I actually saw that you're going to be speaking now at the type conference. Uh, can you give us a little insight what that's going to be about? Yeah, funny you mentioned that, Adam. I'm actually speaking in the youth strand. You are. Perfect. <laughs> I, I actually didn't realize that part of it. Well, that's new. So it's been technology, industry, people, economics, and they've added youth, which is, again, a huge part of what's going on. So, yeah, you're, you're now speaking in that series. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be speaking about my personal journey. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, we, we can distill some of what we've talked about today, you and I, but yeah. <laughs> that, that presentation will also have some uh, some of my, my personal insights into why I did what I did and the kind of things that I took out of each experience. And it, it is more or less based on the transition from traditional to additive manufacturing. Sure. But there's a, there's a whole personal side that goes along with that because, you, you don't decide to join a company or do some piece of work or something without understanding what the human cost of that is or mm-hmm. the human benefit. And so what are the reasons that you do the things you do? Why, why are, and then those also make you into the person that you are today. And I will be a different person tomorrow because of all the experiences that I've had now. And then the next day, will I be another different person? You, you know, so that yeah, continual growth evolution, that's a kind of interesting story, um, especially people that have been reaching out to me. Even career, career people, professional people have reached out to me asking, you know, what my perspective is on, on sure. that whole thing. And that's still something you can learn from. That's still something that's very cool to add um, to your to your life and take these lessons from someone else and say, okay, this is what this person did. That's a cool reflection. Um, let me try and hold that a mirror to myself and see what my goals are and my personal things that I want to achieve or accomplish. And also look back on yourself and the things that you have done and been successful in. And you, you'd probably be surprised, you know, at the kind of things that you have done and don't realize they're probably yeah. amazing, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I've realized that talking to people over the, the, you know, the last few months, especially, uh, the amount of things you undersell yourself with be realize that their experience is very valuable, you know, things you go through and, uh, and uh, being a mentor, talking to younger people and also talking to colleagues and things like that is very important. You know, stay networked, stay questioned, stay hungry. You know, it's 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 all about, uh, especially right now, since things are so separate, you know, there's a lot of uh, reaching out and networking that has to be done. So you have to take that first step. But I've also reached out to some people that I saw that were struggling with networking, you know, just to make sure uh, – you know, because it's um, it's a hard time. So there's the people are going through something, and and uh, you 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 should reach out if you 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 notice it. Um, but uh, that's always open, and uh, you know, uh, you can call me anytime. I'd love to talk about things. But the you know the industry and supporting what's going on with our youth, our next generation. That's awesome that you're part of that that track there. And that's January 27th and 28th coming up in January. So I'll be happy to see you there. I'm a, a proud partner of that event, and I'll have my own table there. So stop on by and say hello. Uh, that'll be a wonderful event we're looking forward to it yeah and trump will be a platinum sponsor of that event also yeah um actually also um another colleague of mine from trump will also be speaking that's laura kastenmeyer and i think we're both speaking on the 28th so i'm not sure if the full agenda is published yet but um definitely that's something to uh kind of pencil into your 
your calendar and you can still register at this time. So okay. it's free. It's completely free. So there's yeah, no I'll put risk. Some links it's all into virtual the so you don't have to leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can attend in your PJs if you like. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ellie, it's been wonderful having you here. Anything you'd want to share before we uh, say goodbye? Um, yes. Depending on when this podcast is broadcast, you may see me on NBC Sports if you're wow. in the U.S., if you're international and outside of the UK, I don't know what channels they're broadcast on, but I occasionally make an unpaid appearance on a, a show called Premier League Fan Zone. And awesome. so I, I actually will be on that. tomorrow. Well, you're <laughs> so way cool. Uh, if, you yeah. ha- if you're in the US and yeah. you have the Peacock NBC yeah. app, streaming yeah. app, I will be on at 8.45 PST. Wow. That's awesome. I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Again, awesome having you here. Looking forward to see what's going on with you and Trump and also seeing you all over there at the Type Conference. So excellent conversation. Again, Ellie, thanks for being here and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye, Adam. Stay safe. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and be part of our community, take action and smash subscribe, press follow, comment below, or leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.